Welcome to a special Christmas edition of Hoop Seven's Basketball <laughs> Hustle, and once again, the NBL's giving us no shortage of drama to talk about. So we'll go through round three of the NBL action, have a look to all of the action ahead across across the Christmas break. Big day on Boxing Day to look forward to. Um, we had another d- double overtime game. We had some good and horrible performances across the oh. weekend. Incredible. <laughs> acting performances to talk about. <laughs> I'm Chris Pike to run, help you run through it all, but the man you've all tuned in to hear from, the has-been, sometimes known as the six-time NBL champion, <laughs> Damien Martin. Happy with the has-been, but you are right. It had a bit of everything. We saw, we saw the good, the bad, and the ugly, and sometimes all from the same team, mm. uh, in particular Sydney Kings, Absolutely. which we'll get to a little bit later. Some incredible acting. We had a little <laughs> head bump. We had some incredible individual performances, some upset wins, but... The NBL just never ceases to amaze and plenty to talk about. Plenty, plenty to talk about. And we're also going to speak to Alex Loudon this week's show here on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle. And, and Damo, why don't we start off the show by getting on to Big Big Lousy? Because he's over in Cairns waiting for us to talk to him. And let's get straight to him. Let's do it. Big Lousy, thanks very much for joining us here on Hoop Seven's Basketball Hustle. No stranger to talking to me. I don't know if that's fortunate or unfortunate. <laughs> Last two years we've been doing our Pikey and Lau show, talking about the Cairns Taipans. How do we find you over in the in the far north? Mate, it's, uh, you find me very well. I'm very excited leading up to Christmas, and boy, I just can't believe this league. It's, it's, it's so hard to predict, and there's so many twists and turns. Uh, it's just exciting to be uh, watching the games, and, and great to chat to you guys and Dana, of course. Mate, I'm just reading off a little bit of your resume. Leaz, it's great to have you on the show. 311 NBL games, 249 as a Taipan, 62 for the Cats. Second all-time for Taipans in games played, points and rebounds. It's not a bad little resume you put together for yourself, but Pikey says your claim to fame is you get to do a podcast with him. <laughs> so uh, I guess you're still living the dream. Mate, yeah, I certainly put that at the top of the list, yeah. and then a paddock <laughs> is in between that, and then those those small credentials that you mentioned is there. Um, but no, certainly, yeah, just just love to chat about the game, and, and we certainly enjoyed uh, breaking down the Titans for last year. And I'm excited that you guys are pairing up to, to cover the whole league. How exciting is that? Yeah, you're exactly right. And as you said at the top, what an incredible season so far. We're only three rounds down and we've seen a little bit of everything. Obviously, you're still up in the, the northeast. What are your, what's your take so far early in the season on the Taipans who, who do, do seem to be struggling a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, in general, the, the league has gotten super tall uh, the last few years and those rim protectors mm. seem to come at a premium. Every team in that top four has loaded up with uh, a, some tall timber. Uh, and so if I look at Melbourne Phoenix, I think that, and you have to help me with the names here. But Joe Shea. Joe Shea. Joe Shea. Okay. I, I, I really <laughs> rate him. I really rate what he's doing for them. Uh, and it's really setting the standard uh, for the league. For the Titans, I feel like they are a bit smaller. Um, you know, Zimmerman is, is a good 6'11", but we're talking every team is loaded up with a 7'2 plus kind <laughs> of guy. So in terms of rim protection, uh, they're really going to rely on the athleticism and the hustle. Now, what the Titans did do that was unexpected for, for me is the way they went about the business in that first quarter, Coach Ford could have gone sort of conservative and, and put in the traditional players of the one, you know, Jared Kenny and Tajir the two, and kind of gone down that line. But he kind of threw caution to the wind and used his younger, athletic, more uh, better arm reach, sort of better athletes in that starting five. And they just caused a lot of disruption. And I think that really built some belief in them early. So this game, I really hope it's, it's the start of good things to come. But they have struggled in the preseason and they have struggled, you know, that game in Perth, um, you know, a, a sizable sort of loss and they're coming back, uh, you know, licking their wounds. But, you know, to protect the home floor, I still think it's, you know, that 11 to 14 games you got to win at home and then go and pinch that six or so on the road that puts you, I think 16 wins will get you in a log jam that you don't want to be a part of at the end of the season. 17 wins start to creep you into that top four contention. So there's a lot of things that have to go right for the tight end. But from what I saw, there's some there's some positive, there's some real positive signs and Bull Qual fits the piece in that starting five lineup very, very well, very effectively. And I guess the risk paid off by having that younger 
you know, perhaps more volatile squad in at the start, it actually paid off dividends and it stifled the 36ers. They'd come off, you know, two games, very confident. Uh, but that game, I just thought was very impressive and very unexpected um, and hopefully a sign of good things to come. Yeah, and this is the Taipans 93 defeat of the 36ers, 67. It was 40, but it was a 40-point margin I was gonna say, three minutes to go. What we saw from Sydney versus Brisbane was backed up with Cairns versus Adelaide. And some of those younger players, bigger wingspans, more athletic, big bodies, you know, dang, 23 points, 5 of 7 from beyond the arc. Zimmerman, 18 points, 9 rebounds. He even hit a 3, the big fella. <laughs> big fella stepping out behind the arc. Pinder, 15.6 rebounds. And McCall, I love the way he plays. 13 points, 10 assists, 4 steals and 4 rebounds, just filling up the box score. So you're right, they didn't go with your typical older guys who have been there, done that. Uh, well, they yeah, couldn't. Yeah. Machado, Derek well, yeah. and Nato, all, all unavailable. It's incredible. It's amazing the injuries across the league right now. I can't remember a season that started so injury-plagued, uh, only a few rounds into it. And you mentioned, you know, those bigs eating. They, they were feasting at the table of McCall. Like, he, <laughs> he just tore them up in terms of distributing the ball. It's hard to go from a mindset of just being a two-man two or three-man scorer you get the ball and then you know what to do with it. You're going to go score, right? He's now told to go play at the one and then he goes and gets 10 assists in his first, mm. you know, hit out at the one position. I think he had seven of them in the know, first quarter. <laughs> and, and then, they, you know, they put the cue in the rack. He only played 26 minutes. Mm. Like, so they're resting him for this next onslaught of away games before coming back to, to Cairns for uh, New Year's Eve. But, you know, just the way he kind of got those guys the look, you know, the big contributed 62, 63 points out of the 93 that they got, so they were feasting off that playmaking ability of McCall. And uh, it, just, it was just impressive. And, and like I said, I wasn't expecting that kind of output um, in the first kind of uh, hit out when they changed up their combination based on you know the Machado injury. So what does it mean? I mean, they, they've got to then do it again, don't they? Mm. <laughs> they've got to do it again. Adelaide have got to, they, they've got to turn up next time. I think they have more in the tank. They know that their pressure wasn't applied where it needed to be um, given all the disruption for the tight ends. There was, I think there was a missed opportunity uh, defensively. But Dan, I know from your angle, do you think that the 36ers missed an opportunity to kind of get in um, get in that space and, and disrupt um, as the tight ends in terms of um, you know letting them settle in kind of uh, went the other way for them? Yeah, I'd, I thought they'd just get after him. I used to love when we either had rookies or new guys or someone starting Who for the first King's time. Who is that Kings rookie, that Kings import that you gave an absolute <laughs> – he couldn't get the ball over half court. <laughs> but that is not expected, and, and a lot of it was, okay, we used to get, call it shadow. So I'd force them to their left hand, try and send them to the halfway. As soon as they cross halfway, I'd run and jump in front. I knew that Wagstaff, Matty Knight, whoever it may have been, would be there on the spin, and you double-team them. Now, the amount of times teams knew we were going to run that, you know – couldn't have come as a surprise, but when you're a rookie or a new import or a second league player or starting for the first time. Playing out of position. Playing yeah. out of position. Uh, you just almost dread it and you know it's coming, but it still works. And that's the type of aggressiveness I would have liked to have seen Adelaide have. Now, throw it all out there. If it doesn't happen, then you can taper back. But it, it's harder to ramp it up than it is to pull it back. And with a young, well, fresh squad, I would have tried to jump on them, break their confidence and put instill some doubt in there. Instead, you know, once they got going, yeah. young, fun, and full of confidence, that's hard to stop. Yeah, I, I thought that they just, uh, the, the Taipans were allowed to get in that rhythm early because there was no sort of pressure, even after a score, there was no full court pressure, there was no trapping McCall on his first on ball screen to, you know, mm. show him how the NBL operates. It was very, very sort of reserved. And, and you know, like you said, once you get your tail up, uh, it's uh, smooth sailing the rest of the game. Especially in Cairns, they are hard to beat at the best of times when they're on their home floor and they feed off the energy of the crowd. So you want how to deflate it. How is that new it. stadium, Lowes? How's the How did the redevelopment of the, of the Cairns Convention Centre turn out? Well, uh, I mean, it's slightly smaller, a couple hundred seats small. I think it's uh, 4,900 instead of the 5,200. They're a little bit more comfortable. It looks relatively the, the same, if I was to be perfectly honest, but I know the upgrades are in there. Uh, the whole rent wasn't for the basketball, of course. It was for, you know, external uh, space, and that's still going. But I felt like it was just a great feeling for the club to be home, um, to be back, and I think that the, the fans uh, will certainly uh, respond to that win in big numbers, and we know that because uh, for a team on you know tight ends in the budget, that the home wins are so crucial in, in locking and loading and, and the holding serve at home, uh, and then you have to then obviously go on the road and pinch a few. But that that home court fortress has to be there because uh, that's sort of the, the biggest advantage uh, for for a club like tight ends. Now, Lows, 
I'm, I'm amazed that we still don't see you on our TV screens. Listening to you talk now, you talk about the game so well. I mean, we, we have a look at the games in Perth and, and Damo and, and the old scoring machine share the, the duties on the TV broadcast. And, and Trigger does a good job for some of the games up there in Cairns. And, and you know, we're, we're good mates with Trigger too. But he wasn't there on Saturday night either. And there was nobody there doing the TV broadcast. The commentators were talking to the players um, from the studio. What do we have to do to get old Lows on, the, on our TV screens? Mate, I, I'm available. I'm double vax. I've got my suit. I, I've got it in the. I've got it in the car. You just give. You know, just give me the head nod. Don't even tell me what. Just give me the eyebrow. Like, yep. You know, you're, you're in, and, and I'm there. So, um, you know, reach out obviously to, to a few. Um, you know, behind the scenes, and you know, they said they pass it on. Damon, if you've got anyone, you can pass it on. So, I'm more than happy to be there. I love to be courtside. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, enjoying the enjoying the game and delivering delivering the product and really boosting the brand that, that basketball is, is such a good thing in Australia right now. Hey, loud and ready to go. I'll have my people talk to your people. Let's see if we can make it happen, mate. You'd be pretty confident you'd do a better job than S. Reddage, wouldn't you? And D. Martin, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? I, do, I will remind Martin on this last call, which was great. During the halftime, he said, oh, there's a junior game going on, and guess who it is? Young. A young uh, version of Sean Reddage Dylan Reddage, it was. Now, yeah. it, it, yeah, yeah, now two on one fast break. I'll leave the fans to decide if he passed it off or not. I knew exactly what's going on. So I certainly enjoy the commentary of, of Damien Martin mixing it up. Uh, it's, it's just a, a, a keeps you guessing at every turn, uh, but certainly a professional outfit. So I love it, mate. No, I appreciate that. Now, mate, I want to pick your brain as a player. You've obviously played in a lot of games, played for Australia. If you were out there on the floor today, who would be the most like which one-on-one matchup would you look forward to the most with the current crop of bigs? Surely you'd want to back down Joe Chi. Mate, I'm glad I'm not. I'm <laughs> glad I'm not playing in the league this time at the five. Like you know, Nate Dowie had a unique advantage uh, a couple of years ago with his size and and his height is really only six nine six ten. Um, the seven foot two guys just sort of swallow up that those moves with length now and you know it's, it's tough so I mean for me at 6-9 I'm going to be picking popping for days uh, certainly <laughs> sort of uh, staying out of the, the tall timber because I, you know not going to have the athleticism to go up and over but um, look I, I think um, uh, you know a, any of those those bigs coming in now you almost need that import sort of big uh, but the matchups, I guess, you know, on the new guys coming through, the Wetzel of the world in New Zealand, all those mm. sort of, uh, th- those local hit outs really, uh, really get you going. I, I always love a matchup against the Wagstaff. Um, there's always a lot in that kind of thing. There's a lot of fire. It just bruised below the surface. It's just those little, those little uh, competitive uh, angles that you just try and get on your, your opponents that you've seen for many years. So, uh, look, it'd, it'd be great to be out there. I certainly miss the games. I, I don't miss the, the pain and the, the training involved. Uh, I obviously miss the games. That's the adrenaline kick, right? But the grind of it, uh, it's nice to not have to uh, ice down the ankles every day. So, um, yeah, it's certainly certainly great to be watching from the sidelines, though. It's funny with the Wagstaff comment, and, and you do, you, you build longevity playing against someone, but you also understand that even though you're small and shake hands afterwards, <laughs> there's a bit of frustration <laughs> boiling underneath the surface, and this well, was well, similar to he and... Um, and Sean, but did you know, Damo, that they were Perth Redbacks teammates after the, after <laughs> after Sean's retirement for, for a few games? Yeah, that's true. They, yeah. did, they did call each uh, other how, teammates. How was that, Laos? What was it like being on the same floor, on the same team as Sean for a, for a couple of games? Oh look, it was it was great. I mean, we got the wins that we wanted. We mm. we ticked the boxes. They went on to win the championship. Um, you know, it was happy days. So no, I, I, you know, I love playing against Sean. Like he was obviously a player. That when you're playing against him, oh gosh, so annoying. Like you just want to kind of <laughs> mow him over a bit uh, and then go to the ref. Like, what do you mean it was a charging call? Like, <laughs> you know, but, yeah, it's funny though. Like you play so many games and you do so many road trips, you often kind of you kind of don't realise who's coming up until you're sort of on that flight and you kind of go through the personnel and you go, oh, yeah, oh, Wagstaff, oh, Redditch, oh, yeah, oh, hang on a minute, that's right, that's right. I've got a, I've got a score to settle with him, you know. So you got all these little uh, all these little games within the games. Uh, it's so much fun. Uh, I certainly miss those days. Sure. And a guy you had a, a lot of battles with, uh, Mika Vakona. So Mika's now with Tassie and in the preseason when the boys are over in Tasmania, not one person I've ever met has called Jesse Wagstaff waggy. But <laughs> but uh, Mika, who's had a lot of battles with Alex, a lot of battles with Jesse, said, oh, I actually would, wouldn't mind getting to know Jesse a bit off the court. He's like, hey, waggy, come over here. <laughs> and that hit it off. All these years of battling on the court, they finally got to have a drink and get to know each oh, other yeah. a little bit off the court. And How I dare good. say you've had a few with Mika as well. 
Oh, mate, Mika was like, he couldn't figure out how he was so strong, um, you know, a little bit undersized, but just had that low center of gravity, and like, almost like a rugby background of just pure power. So you line up for, you know, free throw, you're going to have to run in for the rebound, and he just locked away your legs. You're like, what the heck is going on? Like, <laughs> it was just crazy. But yeah, those those battles are those ones you, you really cherish in the end, don't you? And then you know that you've, you've been playing on sort of that, that level playing field of respect and you, you see them afterwards when it's all said and done. You're like, you know what? I, I would actually buy you a beer and, and let's, let's hang out because I reckon we've got some stories to share. Yeah, and it turns out the respect was reciprocal. It was mutual. And oh, it's funny I, you mentioned Mika. Perro Cameron yeah. uh, used to do the same thing. I remember the first year I was in the league, I was at a free throw. We were going to press, so I was in the free throw lineup. And then Perro literally just grabbed my kneecap and I didn't move <laughs> and he laughed at me. I've never felt so belittled in my life but I did not go anywhere. (laughs) And these are names that people won't even really remember these days. But I just remember he helped me off uh, boxing out with one finger on my arm and I was trying to like (laughs) run in and I just wasn't moving. I was on the spot like on a treadmill. I was like, what the heck's going on? And and he just kind of held off and had that little grin on his face too. He's he's a massive unit. Coach of the Tall Blacks right now too. Yeah. Um, Now, now, Lousy, you mentioned how you don't don't miss all of the, the... aches and pains and the, the icing up of the ankles. But, Damo, I don't know if you realise, Lousy's fresh off, a, off an NBL one season up, up north going. playing for the Cairns Marlins. He was a, he was, oh, he, you were a big piece of them getting to the grand final, Lous. Mate, it was supposed to be five games filling. I, know, I, I remember when I asked you at the start of the season, that's what you told me, and <laughs> I, I, to, on, I told you you were lying at the time. <laughs> well, hang on a minute. So I get in there, I'm like, all right, sweet, just just let these games come to us, you know, at the start, and then all of a sudden the guys come back, and then all I have to do is play like, you know, seven, eight minutes, chip away from, from long range, and I'm like, mate, this is the best thing ever. All I have to do is just pop away, pot away from the outside and, and just get a few balls. And I'm like, this is going to be great. And then all of a sudden, they, they all went down like flies with a couple of injuries <laughs> and then obviously get pulled out of the lineup. And then, and then it's all lousy. The the only big taking the hits of, out of every single up-and-coming <laughs> guy that wants to get in the league. Had to Manny prove Malou, themselves. Yeah. From Mackay, going to Adelaide 36. The guys like that were just chomping at the bit to you know, ding one on my nose or post me up and bowl me over. I was like, bloody hell, what have I signed myself up for? So <laughs> kind of turned turned against us in some ways, but um, certainly we, we put a lot of teams to the sword and kind of rolled to the grand final and only narrowly missed out on a, you know, overtime loss to Mackay in the first game and then a three-point loss in the second game. So we, we did ourselves proud. It was, a, it was like a dad's army, canned <laughs> Marlins, throwback squad that was just getting down and, and dirty and getting stopped and getting buckets at the other end. It was a bit of fun, mate, to be honest. A lot of old faces coming back together and that was the uh, that was the way the group was put together. So a, a lot of fun and certainly good to sort of uh, lace them up again. And coached by Kerry Williams, of course, as well. But Laos, the, the thing everyone wants to know if they're thinking about you still playing, do you still have the shooting sleeve and do you still have the fist pump after hitting a three? <laughs> Mate, the, the fist pump will never go away, let's be honest. It's the passion of the game, how fun is it just to sting one on someone's nose and they thought they had a good closeout. You know, all those kinds of juices start flowing and then, then you go for the jog back down the floor. You're like, geez, the court a bit longer. I'm a bit sore jogging this distance. Can we just shorten it down to like a three-on-three size court or something? But, uh, you know, it, it, it's always sitting right there, you know, that, that itch to kind of play. And then and then you, you go into it a bit more. Then you go, oh, if I'm going to actually do this, it, it involves the commitment and to your body and your, the season that requires, you know, the respect of your teammates is committing to the whole cause, right? So I just know it's a tough one uh, you sort of face every year. So it's a, it's a game day decision for all <laughs> I know you mentioned Dad's Army, one of my favourite stories with uh, some of the guys that retire and decide, yeah, we should put a team together. There's two of them, one in Melbourne, playing Division yeah. 1 only a couple of seasons ago was Andrew Gaze, Leonard Copeland, Mark Bradkey. Oh. You know, they had about oh. six of the former Tigers players and they said, we'll right. play but there is a rule, no team is allowed to pick us up full court. They weren't having it. They weren't having it. So it's an unspoken rule in Melbourne D1 that you can't pick up this team full court. And then secondly, the Wildcats put together a team for Masters last year. Ricky Grace, Eric Watterson, Andrew Vlahov was down there. And uh, I think there was three injuries amongst the boys. Vlahov did a calf. Ricky hurt himself. I think uh, Mike Ellis did a calf as well. Yeah, Mike. Like, I'm only a few years away from joining them. (laughs) But they won. They did get the dubs. So, uh, no, that 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 energy still boils throughout us regardless of age. you got a Monday night yeah, team, don't you, Laos, that's un- been multiple championship winners. Is it a Monday night team? Yeah, yeah. look, it's a bit, a bit of a bomb squad. Like, just quietly, we had Aaron Grabeau, Damon <laughs> High. We've got some guys that know how to, how to ball. And, yeah, just kind of 
turn up these young young guys coming through and then I got their parents complaining about the team and all this stuff and I was like, mate, you, you got your mum and dad sitting in the crowd there, mate. How about you just pull up the socks and, and give us some energy here and, and try and, you know. Um, but, yeah, certainly fun as to play. Those Masters is, is a good one for those guys to get back together and, and go on a bit of a road trip. I uh, love to see Damien Martin in, in a squad like that, uh, catching up on the Gold Coast, uh, kind of a, was it Pan Pacific Games or, or something up in Great Barrier Reef. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. That would be a lot of fun. Trust me, there's a few of the boys now yeah, retired. Just still got a few scores to settle. Well, I'll bring them both up. Game reports too, mate. That's right. And uh, no, that would be a lot now, of fun. Very quickly, Laos. Um, you're three years now into your post NBL NBL life. How's how you've obviously stayed in Cairns and found a home there. How's life treating you? Look, mate, very well. I mean, I, I had a uh, got the business degree from college in marketing. Uh, landed on my seat in marketing in Cairns. Uh, I was at the brewery at Hemingways. I'm now at uh, Ken Frost Homes, a land developer, also uh, one of the Titan supporters. Um, but yeah, just sort of learning the ropes, I guess, in the corporate side of things and feel pretty settled. Um, wife has done a great job and the kids are sort of uh, rooted in with school and community and friends. So look, when, when we landed here, we thought it was a great place when I was playing, um, you know, a couple of contract renewals and then all of a sudden we're here for nine years. Uh, and then you've, you know, you've settled in and kind of put the roots in and, and loving life in the tropics. So, look, I, I feel really settled. Um, the family's doing, doing well. And a bit of a, bit of a sprint after the, for a career change, and Damo would know the same thing, is sort of that head down, tail up. You, you want to be elite at something else, but you're not quite there yet. You've got to learn the ropes again. It's almost like a rookie. So you're at the, you know, you're an older guy coming into a workforce and they're expecting you to have 10 years of corporate experience, but then you're, you're really a rookie and you're kind of bluffing your way through, but you certainly know um, from from playing pro sports, you've got those uh, instilled, uh, you know, traits of work ethic and all that. So you're sort of on that sprint to, to be good at your job. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm lucky to sort of land in, in a good spot and, and just trying to continually evolve, I guess, in the corporate world, but certainly loving it at, at the same time. So, oh. yeah, enjoying where I'm at, mate. No, fake it till you make it, mate. That's my advice because it is a bit of catch-up. Oh, look, I've, I've genuinely enjoyed this. It's great hearing you're doing well. Loved your insights, and I am. As soon as I get off the show, I'm, I'm reaching out to the NBL saying, mate, <laughs> Trigger and Lousy, get them both on. Mm. Oh, mate, that'd, that'd be fantastic. Love, love to be able to, you know, it's all about the, the brand of the NBL, um, and people don't know sort of what's exciting. And, and you know, you can see it dunks and things like that, but they don't know how good certain plays are, and, and the commentators and the commentary around it is really about boosting the brand and letting people know what's exciting to watch because, I mean, a lot of people don't know who. Um, they can get excited if, if the government has, you know, they're telling them what's great, what's, fun, uh, you know, what's, what's unreal, what's uh, absolutely, you know, an athletic move and all that kind of stuff. And you just want to build the product and build the profile. So, yeah, I'd love to be a part of it. Just one last one, Laos. And I, I can't wait to catch up with you again in a few weeks' time because I had a lot of stuff I wanted to talk to you about that we ran out of time for today. But the Loudon family, you ready for Christmas? Mate, we're, we're all ready. We're, we're thinking of getting to Perth at one stage there, but we knew that if we booked it and jumped off flight uh, Boxing Day and then we get the call mid-flight, they're like, yeah, by the way, you're two weeks quarantine. It just wasn't going to happen. So we, we put that on hold, but hopefully get there next year. Fantastic, Lowes. Great to catch up again. Bit of a reunion of the Pikey and Lowes show, and we look forward to doing it again early in the new year. Merry Christmas, mate. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much. And Pikey, loving the game reports, mate. I do get a lot of insights out of that stuff. So keep them rolling. Obviously, uh, you're covering every game, watching every single ball. So mm. I really respect your insights on, on the game too. Uh, certainly great to catch you, Damo, and I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll do it again in a month or so. Okay, Damo, that was a, that was a lot of fun speaking to old Lowes and... <laughs> One thing I didn't want to say when we were talking to him because he, he doesn't like being talked about. He's a very humble man. But mm. as a player, he was he's, – he's, he's, accolades and numbers speak for itself. But he was the we, – we talk about our Galen Award on this show. He was the ultimate team man in Cairns. If you talk about anyone from Aaron Fern to the imports up there to Cam Glidden to Mitch McCarron, anyone who went through the Taipans, he was the man that as soon as you become a Taipan, he was the one that pulls you aside and pulls the team together, sets the culture of the club, sets the standards, and he's the ultimate professional. He was that as a player, and now – Post his basketball career, he's still the ultimate professional. Everything he does, he wants it to be the highest level it can be. He wants it to be as close to perfection as it can be. I found that with the podcast we did, and it was great to work with somebody that had such high standards, and he, he had that as Apologies. a Apologies. Is that a dig? Am I supposed to read into that? Well, <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> a peek behind the curtain. Once we finish recording, Damo, 
everything's left up to me. With Laos, <laughs> Laos would very much help out with the production of it, the social media. He would do the graphics for us. He would do everything. So yeah, Not getting any of that from me. No, Actually, he is an artist as well. He so is. He's a very he, talented he can, artist. He can do everything. Look, so, on the court with scouting, you knew what to expect from Alex. You knew his favourite moves. You knew his favourite positions on the court. But just because you know his traits or his, his strengths – doesn't mean he could stop it. Yeah. And people forget that he played on that Australian team for a number of years yeah. and this was the NBL-based Australian team. But he was very close to making a world championship team, mm. very close to making an Olympic team. Yeah. Was one of the best big men for over a decade in the NBL. And no surprise whatsoever, like you mentioned, that that elite mindset he had and no shortcuts taken mm. during the NBL playing days, he's now taken into no, the corporate no, world. And yeah, yeah, no he'll, shortcuts he'll in anything else. He's a success in anything he does. And like, like we talked about, he's still playing. And I, I genuinely... I'm disappointed he's not on our TV broadcast. I know we had a bit of fun with it, but it's something that we've talked about about over the years that he, he wants to be involved in the league. He has such a passion for the league mm. and the game, such great insights and such a passion for the Taipans that it's a shame he's not involved. But we'll speak to him again in a few weeks and we can we can see see if it's progressed. But there was a lot else that happened. We've covered that Taipans 36ers game and the 36ers were absolutely horrible. Oh. But before that, the Sydney Kings were... As bad as any team I've ever seen <laughs> last like, last Thursday night, they gave up a 26-0 start against Melbourne United. Um, I know they were missing a couple of imports, but there's very little that excuses the lack of effort. Have you ever seen anything like that King's performance? I turned it on and, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how to explain it. It's worth watching just to see how many records were broken, yep. sadly for all the wrong reasons. But I, I, when I was reading some of the records they broke, it was for all the wrong reasons. So Sydney Kang's franchise records in a single game. Lowest ever single game point total, 47 mm -hmm. points. Lowest ever three-quarter time score, 36 points. Lowest, uh, Second lowest ever halftime score, they had 21. Lowest ever first quarter. Can you remember what they had in the first quarter? Five. Five. But they had zero with three minutes to go. Equal lowest ever score in any quarter, which was that five. Yep. Biggest deficit after a first quarter in any game. That's an NBL record. They were down by 29 after the first quarter. It's still going. Fewest <laughs> field goals ever made in a game, 15. That's also an NBL record. Lowest field goal percentage ever in a game, 21.1%. Also an NBL record. <laughs> Sixth worst margin of defeat ever in any game. They lost by 42. And sixth worst margin, sixth worst margin of defeat ever in any road game. Did you work with that all out yourself? No, I've got to credit Matt McQuaid. Sydney Kings, great. Now that would have broken Matt's heart. He's been on the broadcast. He loves his Kings. Yep. But I saw that post, and uh, he would have been devastated. But we say all that less than forty-eight hours exactly. later. They responded. And they they did. The Not only responded, but they beat a team that hadn't lost a game yet. Yeah. They beat Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. So that's why I think. The Kings can actually take a bit out of that weekend because it shows great heart to bounce back from a loss like that. That's why I think the 36ers' performance was the worst of the weekend because they were down 40 against a Taipans team, missing virtually the whole backcourt. So they had to have a makeshift backcourt, like we talked about with Lowes, with McCall and, and Bull Koala as their starting backcourt, who you, basically a three-man, really, in, mm. an, in an ideal world. But for, the, for that 36ers team, basically at full strength, they were missing Sunday Ditch, but to be down 40 points with about four minutes to go in the game, I don't know what CJ Bruden would be thinking right now because they've now got a 10-day break before they play again. The the imports, what would you do if you were the coach? Yeah, well, they've only gone for the two imports. Yeah. So Dusty Hannes was okay. Um, he was guarded by McCall, so he had a tough night, but he yeah. still scored 20 points. But we heard how he was the best three-point shooter anyone's ever seen outside the, the, NBA, the yeah. NBA, but he only took th two three-pointers for the entire game. So... He needs to be more aggressive in looking for his three-point shot because that's his great strength and he needs to stretch the floor. And if he's hitting his three or taking threes at least, it opens the floor up for DJ to, to be able to step out a little bit. Humphreys can even then step out for McCarron to mm -hmm. potentially play a bit more. Um, Todd Withers just isn't aggressive enough offensively either, so he's not a threat out on the floor. And I, I don't think Mitch McCarron is either. We know Mitch can shoot and he can score. He's being far too much of a passive facilit facilitator right now. As for the imports, I don't know if they need more talent because I think I don't think talent's their problem. Mm. They simply didn't, didn't play hard enough. It was an energy thing that they just showed absolutely zero energy for the entire game. Look, Sunday coming back will help with that energy. Now, you shouldn't have to re rely on a player to create that, but it is contagious when you've got Sunday Detch picking up full court, turning True. players, diving on loose balls, crashing rebounds. Yep. That does become contagious. They do have the roster to do yep. some special That's what things. I mean. I don't think talent's the issue. Yeah, so I think they will go a third import at some stage if they can afford to bring someone in. 
getting Sunday back will be huge. McCarron being a bit more aggressive, DJ mm. getting the ball, Humphreys getting the touches in the right yep. position. So the Australian contingent they've got is as good as any other mm. team. But yeah, it's about making it work first and foremost because right now they're just, yeah, as you said, they're not playing hard enough, mm. but they have the ability, yeah. uh, which is a plus. And with Sunday coming back, that's a huge plus. I'm a big fan of, of Sundays. For the Kings, that response was amazing. But the real highlight for me, if you're a Kings supporter, was seeing DJ Vasilovic back. You know, serious injury, eight months, nine months on the sideline. He was an absolute superstar in his rookie season before the injury and he'll go on to be, you know, an NBL or first team, second yeah. team by the time his career is done. You've so. been through an Achilles, a lot of Achilles mm. troubles before, but apparently Jack White's come back stronger, faster, with a bigger leap than before he did his Achilles. How is that possible? It's amazing. And it's credit to his recovery. It's credit to his physio, his strength and conditioning. He's a young fella, so he was always going to come back and, and be okay. But despite his age, you've still got to do the work. Mm. And I'm over the moon that two of our future you know, Boomers players mm. are back out on the court. Uh, Jack White... DJ Vasilovic. Well, it was great to see DJ hit Just a couple stars. of... stars. Um, I think it was late in that first quarter against the Phoenix, hit a couple of threes. It was That was great to see. Yeah, and good guys. Yep. That's the thing. I think we're going to have a lot of fans fall in love with these two players the next 10, 15 years, however long they've got in the league. And just great to see them back on the court after some serious setbacks in their rookie season through injury. Now, let's talk about Chris Golding, a man you know <laughs> a man you know very well. I don't think it's any coincidence that Melbourne lost their first two games when he was out yep. and they've now won their, their two games this past week with him out there. Um, his three-point shooting performance in the second half on Sunday in that game against the Breakers was was remarkable. I mean, he had his teammate Caleb Agata saying it was Steph Curry like it was that it was that good. He had, he had seven threes for the game, but six of them in the second half. Um, but it was his defence as well. I mean, if you look at the breakers right now, you need to stop Hugo Besson catching yeah. fire. And, and Chris Golding did a great job defending him. I mean... Well, Golding's defence has improved yeah. an incredible amount over the last four years. So a guy that used to be known as purely a scorer go after him when he's at the defensive end, it's no longer that. And he had to improve it if he wanted to continue to make these Australian Boomers mm. teams. And so I think he was motivated by it. He was aware that he was getting attacked. Now he, is, he can defend. And he showed that on the weekend. So Goulding is no longer a guy you can just get after when mm. you've got the ball in your hands. He can play defense. Did you used to target him early in his career as an offensive team? Yeah, coaches would say, all right, let's get this switch. And Similar to Kyle Adam with Dean Vickerman? <laughs> oh, Vickerman. That might have been next level with what they said about Adam. I don't think we ever said anything like that about Goulding. But you definitely can't anymore. He can shut down players at the defensive end. But he's still renowned for what he does with the ball beyond the arc. And it's one thing to knock down seven threes. Mm. It's another to do it in the way he did it. Yep. Some of them, he's not even facing the ring, turn, <laughs> yep. boom, let it fly. A couple of metres behind the three-point line. Dribbling down in transition, one mm. on ball, I'll stop and pop behind. So it was fun to watch. It's good to see him out there enjoying his basketball. Are you amazed he golfing. hasn't got a shot in the NBA? Well, he's had. A, I know that he was close with the Warriors. So yep. after the Olympics, he actually flew from Tokyo to California mm. And the Warriors were impressed with him. Now, you look at a team that's already got Clay Thompson, Steph mm. Curry, you know, they're feeling that void already. But could he play in the NBA? Absolutely. If given a chance by a GM, I think they would find a spot for him to space Even the Even now, you think? Yeah, and that's the thing. I know they don't bring in guys usually at his age. Mm. They'd rather develop someone younger for a longer period of time. But for a team that's there trying to win a championship... Put him out there because he's got to space the court. Yep. You put the ball in your superstar's hands and means they don't have to worry about a sagging defense mm. with someone like a Chris Goulding in the corner. So if we see him get a call up, which he'd handle himself, it'd actually be for one of the better teams in the NBA sure. because it's for that reason. All the other teams, they're developing younger players and they're going after them. But Chris could definitely play in the NBA. It's just a, a GM willing to take mm. that chance. And based on that weekend, Melbourne is going to be one of the top teams, aren't they? There's no yeah. no doubt about it. They they won those two games. Their two, first two wins of the season by a combined 65 points. <laughs> they only conceded 107 points in the in the two games. Delavadova's looking better. JLA still got room for improvement. Yep. But it's not improvement. It's just that where we saw him getting the ball last year, uh, he was just going straight for the basket. Yep. Now he's playing both ends of the court more and they're utilising their other playmakers. Della Vadova is just getting better yep. each week. And, and, and they've only got one import, but Caleb Agard is now looking like a pure scorer. Yeah, he is. And that's what I mean with JLA, who was usually a pure scorer. Mm. They're not relying on that sure. anymore. Instead, he's doing a little bit of everything. And with him, you know, I think we had someone predicting, was it you that said he might be... Leading, I had him as my leading scorer. Leading yeah, scorer yeah. for the season. I think his best is yet to come, which is exciting. And Delhi will get the most out of him and his mm. teammates. And Goulding, what he did, was 
just a taste of what's to come. Now, I want to talk to you about the three Wildcats imports, but before we get to that, you were live on Friday night. We're late in the third quarter. Vic Law and Deng Deng are having a, having a few words. I think it's fair to say the headbutt from Vic on Deng was the lightest of headbutts you could ever mm-hmm. ever deliver. Um, take us through what you saw after that because you were you were live in person. Have you ever seen a better acting performance than what Deng delivered on a basketball court? The only thing that may have rivaled Deng's acting performance was Wilbur the Wildcat, the mascot. <laughs> his acting when he was trying to relive the moment yep. while the referees were reviewing the court, reviewing the court. Oh, look, it's one of those ones you've got to watch it all because it's not just that he, he flopped. It's then that he was beating the ground with his fist as if he was in a world of pain. But it was a it was a late the late reaction to it. It <laughs> was at least all. a second after the contact. Look, we're not going to do it justice by talking <laughs> about it. You've got to view the footage. Hopefully, you get the full footage where you see what happened on the floor as well with the, the fist pumps. <laughs> and, but you know what? They did award a tech foul to Vic Law for yep. the headbutt. And so that meant Dang Dang went to the free throw line mm-hmm. to shoot free throws. Have you ever heard the, the RAC arena louder? The loudest I've ever heard RAC while someone's shooting a free throw. He and missed the first. He should have given the crowd hungry jack, shouldn't he? he should oh, have. That might have, might have got him a little bit more on side. If he'd made the burger gesture yeah. instead of the shush gesture <laughs> he, he, did, he made he after he made the second free throw <laughs> to a very, very loud crowd. Oh, look, and then from then on, every time he touched the ball, obviously the crowd got after him. But it had it all. Credit to him. He knocked down the free throw. He got the, he stayed involved with the crowd. But the the Wildcats were just too but, good. But I mean, what do you what do you think of the actual act that he performed? I mean, is it is it acceptable out on a basketball court to react well, like that? Well, I just think the reaction that he got from the crowd. He was awarded a tech foul for flopping. I think he just realised it's just not going to happen. Now, if nothing happens from it and they only gave a tech foul to Vic Law, mm. he probably wakes up going, that was worth it because we got two free throws, sure. advantage us. The referees handled it well, tech each way. If there is coach, out. do you tell him to, do you talk to him about it? Oh, yeah, because you don't want to be the reason to get the Red Army involved in the game. Yep. And all you've done is put fuel on the fire and that was, like I said, they went on a run after that. It was a loud, loud <laughs> Red Army yeah. that were heavily involved in the game after that. Uh, yeah, you'd have a word to him saying, mm. mate, we're here to take the air out of the ball, as yeah. they say, take the crowd out of the, the game. You've done the complete opposite. Let's uh, be a bit smarter with it. What I'm most looking forward to now is hopefully Corey Williams follows through and gets that trophy made and presents it to him. <laughs> I, I, I want to see that I want to see that presentation of the trophy. The best acting award. <laughs> he went on social media, replayed the, the video, the footage, and said the award, I'm picking up the trophy tomorrow and I'm giving it, bring it to you. And he tagged Dang in it. So it's uh, pretty funny. You've got to be able to laugh at those things. Now, the three Wildcats imports. I, I, I had to think about it the other day, and I didn't go back in NBL history, but the last five years since the NBL has gone back to having three imports, and they've only played two games together, so it's a bit early right now. But I think Vic Law, Bryce Cotton, Michael Frazier have the potential to be the best three imports that we've seen as a combination in this era. Um, I think right now you would say the Cairns three of, just, of, 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 of Cam Oliver, DJ Newbill and Scott Machado have them pipped because they got them mm-hmm. to a to a semi-final series. I think um, there was a Melbourne, Melbourne duo of Casey Prather... Casper Ware and Josh Boone, which were obviously solid, pre- championship yeah, winner solid, too. But yep. this three at the Wildcats, especially right now when you've got no no Mitch Norton, no Todd Blanchfield, and and no Matt Hodgson either. Yeah. Um, Sherville's only just and, yeah. They so started the season four and one with four key injuries. So yeah, you're right. They've, so so how good can this three be? Well, Fraser, we haven't seen his best by a mile. Uh, he the is, signs were good on Sunday though, weren't exactly they? Exactly right. You just saw enough to be like, okay, this guy can shoot. This guy will get after it physically. The defensive end. But what Law and Cotton are doing, so they've been dubbed, obviously, Vic Law and Bryce, so Vic and Bryce. And <laughs> Did they come up with that themselves? I don't know where it started, but I, I don't think they're saying no to it. Okay, okay. Uh, so with Vice and now Frazier, they're just amazing. You know, Law put on another display, 30-odd points. Cotton. What about that last quarter he had? I know. That, it was just fun to be a part of. I was in the stands mm-hmm. with my daughters, and it was just fun. It's the best way to put it. Uh, and then Frazier, yeah, when he gets going, those three from any opposition scout, you know, what do you do? Vic's shooting the ball better than I think most teams were expecting yep. from behind the arc. He's dunking it, he's getting rebounds, he's mm-hmm. pushing it coast to coast. We know what Bryce is capable of. And then Frazier's going to keep the spacing. He is an incredible shooter from all accounts. We just haven't seen that so mm-hmm. far. But he is playing with more aggression. He's getting to the ring. Yeah, that 
that tr- trilogy, mm. or that trio, sorry, they're going to give a lot of headaches to opposition teams when they're trying to create a scout because then you've got to include guys like Blanchard when he's back from yeah. injury, Mitchie Norton when he's back from injury, Jesse and, and Wagstaff's and just, playing yeah. great basketball right now, Matt Hodgson. So it's the deepest the Wildcats team have been, yeah. in my opinion, ever. And those three at their best, you're right, they're going to rival any other, mm. you know, three imports we've seen in the league on the same team. Now, let's get to our awards for this week on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle Demo. We'll start with the Demo, the Best Defensive Player Award. Thanks to Everlast Drinks, so thanks to their their support. Whose defensive performance did you like this weekend? I'm actually uh, changing up, so I did uh, tell you earlier who I thought I was going with, but I'm going <laughs> to – I mean, there's just a lot of candidates. Demo, it's your award. Only. You can do what you <laughs> like. Right. Look, I'm going to throw it out there with McCall. I'm a huge fan of his, and he just disrupts teams. I mean, Cairns – to get that big win over Adelaide. You know, he had four steals and four rebounds in limited minutes. Yeah. What was it, 21 so, minutes he played? Yeah. That's incredible. His energy is contagious. He just is a phenomenal teammate to have. Uh, for two points, the, you know, Chi again. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yep. Joe Chi, 17 points. Now, I know this is a defensive award, but 17 points, 13 rebounds, and another five blocks. I believe he's on track in to get the most blocks recorded in a season with what he's doing mm-hmm. right now if he continues in the 40-minute game. I, I watch the games and I still think his blocked shot numbers are, are unders. I reckon There's some touches he, he on gets some his shots hands he's to not getting credited yeah, to. Absolutely. Uh, and if there was an award or a stat for how many shots he puts off yep. insofar as he makes them change, put more flight on yep. the air, change from left to right hand, an extra dribble into the shot, whatever it may be, or kick out and pass, he'd be number one by a country mile. And then one point... My old running mate, Jay Wagstar, 35 <laughs> years of age. In that first half, when the Wildcats were struggling a bit against Brisbane, he kept a minute and it was off the back of drawing two charges, gets a block shot, gets a steal. You know, I thought he was doing a little bit of everything, but defensively, he was fantastic. So guys like Harvey could have been awarded points. Uh, there's a few other guys who do unfortunately miss out, but that's my 3-2-1. No, fantastic. Thanks to Everlast Drinks for making that possible. Now, we'll have to get back to you about... The, the old scoring machines play of the year voting for this week. I think he wants to wait to watch one more, yeah, one more game. Yeah, there is another game, so I do hold the rights to change my 3-2-1. <laughs> We've got one yep. more game to go in the round. But we will give our winner of the Galen Award for, for this mm. week, thanks to Hoop7, and named in honour of Galen Young, the NBL Championship championship winner. Um, I'll throw some candidates at you. I think there's a standout, but I'll let you pick the winner, Damo. Tajir McCall, Matthew Dallavadova, Sam Froling, Jesse Wagstaff, Xavier Cooks and Nathan Sobey. Who jumps out? I feel a bit under pressure when you say there's a standout because they're all great nominations. Mm. The two that come to mind with those names in particular are Wagstaff and Sobey. Sobey was in a world of pain on the bench. I was there courtside. He did not let go of his right peck since he got subbed out to when he went back into the game and pretty much at every break. Mm. And yet he was out there. And But when he was on the bench, he was still yelling out encouragement yep. to his teammates. He was still calling out the scout, calling out the plays the Wildcats were running. And then he backed it up two days later with an MVP performance. He, he was the best player in, in a win against the Hawks. Exactly yeah. right. You do not recover that quickly. He played through pain. Players are inspired by that. They would have seen him in the locker room. They would have seen him on the aeroplane. They would have seen him on the drive to the game. Iced up, sore, and that motivates your teammates. No, you, you convinced me, Damo. There's not a standout anymore. So I'm going to defer to you and... No, no, who was, who'd you have in mind? Because this is the beauty of the Galen, <laughs> is the impact they have on well, teammates. Well, I thought Tajir McCall just because of the fact that he's come into this league as a defensive stopper mm-hmm. and a three-man, and now all of a sudden he's being asked to do everything for the Taipans. He's their, he's their point guard, yep. he's their ball handler, he's their playmaker, he's their best defender, he's their, he's their best scorer, he's their rebounder, and he, he's, their, he's their leader. He's, yep. he's taken over the, that spiritual leadership too. So that's why I thought he was a standout, but... The bravery of Nathan Sobey to do that across 48 hours, I think it's tough tough to go past. And I think Taj McCall is probably going to win a lot more of these awards as the season goes. <laughs> so so I'm happy to go for go for Nathan Sobey. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm a big fan of the, all those nominations. McCall, I'm loving. Round three and you are a leader on that, on that team, that's hard to do when your other import and leader in Machado mm. is injured because sometimes it's easy to do a bit of social loafing and just yeah. sit back and go, okay, we'll let him lead. This is his team. Instead, he's grabbed the horn with two hands and, and run with it. So, yeah, yeah good on you, McCall. But <laughs> sorry, mate, it's gone to soaps. <laughs> <laughs> all 
All right, let's keep moving, Damo, because we've got some more action in round four to look forward to. Before we get to that, we've got a, one more game in round three. Mm. So I don't know how they kind of worked out how to split the rounds up, but we've got another game. The Sydney Kings at home to the Tasmania Jack Jumpers on Wednesday night. Do you give the Jack Jumpers any chance? Look, unfortunately, it's just a tough start to the season. They win, win in game one on, at home in double overtime or in overtime versus Brisbane. And now I just can't see them getting a win uh, after a couple of losses. So tough one against the Wildcats. Continue on the road versus Sydney. Sydney after that big comeback win. Sorry, response win yeah, after getting yeah. humiliated on the Friday night. No, I think Sydney will take care of business and continue the winning momentum they've got. Then we go straight into Thursday night. Now, this will be a cracker. So This but, is the one I'm looking forward but, to the most. They're both coming off their first losses of, losses of the season. So Thursday night, the Illawarra Hawks hosting the South East Melbourne Phoenix. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Phoenix. I, I, I predicted the Hawks all along to be in the grand final at the end of the year. But I just think South East have impressed me more uh, despite both teams losing in the last round. I think that wake-up call that Sydney probably gave them, Sydney are coming off the back of a humiliating loss. Mm. They've given a similar toast, uh, taste of their medicine to South East. Yep. And South East, that's probably the kick up the bum they needed to be like, okay, we may have been undefeated. Now we've got to realise that no, we've got to play our best basketball on every single night. Otherwise, we're going to get beaten. And I think we'll see that again on Thursday versus the Hawks. Triple header on Boxing Day. That's... Pretty salivating. It's exciting, it's so, fun. Well, forget about the Boxing Day Test match at the MCG. Just <laughs> just flick on the NBL action. Plethora and of sport coming up. Absolutely. Now 40 degrees. <laughs> just turn the aircon on your TV on and that's your day. Yeah, if, if you're in Perth, you do not want to leave your house unless you've got a pool in the backyard. Drink and Everlast, obviously, and you're <laughs> oh, good to go. Absolutely. Now it starts. So these two teams really need a win. The Tasmania Jack Jumpers are back home against the winless New Zealand Breakers. Look, I'm going to go with the, the Tassie Jack Jumpers at home. McDowell White, though, is doing some special things yes. for the Breakers. It's fun to watch him. We've spoken about it before with both Webster brothers who are stars out of the team. Mm. It probably actually has helped a little it bit has. with the balance because yep. they, they understand their roles more instead of just relying on those studs. Uh, so I'm going to go with Tassie in this one. The next night, <laughs> Sydney Kings. Look at this one. First uh, Melbourne. A, a rematch. Home. Do the Kings get the, get the revenge? I don't think they will win. I think Melbourne will win, but I... They, those awards, those <laughs> records that the Kings set earlier when they played Melbourne, you won't see them beating. Interesting. Those if you're either team, do you bring up those what happened last time? Absolutely. In the build up? If you're Sydney, you watch that first quarter again. Yeah. Yep. Uh, now they redeemed themselves 48 hours later, and they would have used that motivation. But not against the same team. But it wasn't yeah. against the same team. That was purely a pride thing. Mm. Now you're watching it, saying, "Guys, this is a genuine scout. This is how they got the jump on us. I'm not trying to humiliate you guys this time around." Mm. But we've got to be better because if we don't start when the ball's tipped off uh, in a manner that we need to, we can be humiliated. Let's not relive this. So they'll watch it for different reasons, more of a scouting perspective opposed to motivation or humiliation, <laughs> driving motivation. But they've got to watch it. They won't – I don't think they'll win, but they won't put in the performance they did first time round versus Melbourne. This will be another good one. The battle of the Queensland teams, the Brisbane Bullets against the Cairns Taipans. Yeah, a depleted Taipans. Uh, Scott Machado really does hurt. I know they got the win against Adelaide, but Brisbane are a great team. So big. Yep. I just can't see where Taipans are. I like the Bullets, and they still haven't had their third, third import out there yet either. Mm, they're the sleeper. I know yep. Melbourne got uh, imports up their sleeve, Adelaide do, but I think Brisbane, with who they've currently got and the way their imports are playing, Frank's just an absolute start. Mm -hmm. Absolute start. Uh, Sobey, obviously, scoring machine. No offence, Shawnee. <laughs> uh, and then, obviously, we're seeing the best of Patterson. Yep. So, yeah, a lot to like about the Bullets, and I think they'll get it done in that Queensland uh, battle. Well coached, too. I really like what James Duncan brings to the, to the Bullets. Love listening in on their timeouts. Loved interviewing him. He's so cool, calm, and collected. Yeah, he's going to have a job coaching mm. in the NBL for as long as he likes, yeah. I believe. Tuesday night. This one is going to be really interesting. Both teams have a, have had a sort of a nine or ten day break before this game. The Adelaide 36ers, they need to respond. They cannot. Yeah. They have to get back on their home floor and put in a good performance. But the Perth Wildcats are playing well and they'll be rested. They'll they'll be pretty fresh for this this first game of the the two months on the road. And this is a genuine rivalry. Mm -hmm. This is not just uh, oh they're the closest in proximity. No, the teams do not like each other. And what we saw earlier in the season, in particular with Kevin White mm -hmm. uh, going up against Hannes. Hey, there's even a bit between CJ Bruden and Vic Law. Ah, mm. yeah, of course, the Brisbane connection yeah. there. Um, they, they, they had some words after the game in Perth. Um, apparently, <laughs> at the Blitz, 
the Bullets did a good job of shutting Vic down. Mm-hmm. So Vic told CJ that won't be happening again and next time I'll be putting some points on you. And he sure did that in, in round one <laughs> in of the Saturday, season. Yeah. And then <laughs> then CJ made a couple of comments after the game. Vic said, well, I can't wait to play CJ again. So <laughs> so there's, 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 a, there's a lot in this game. That is brilliant. Uh, look, I think that Adelaide will bounce back and put in a better performance. Sunday's back, that'll go a long he should way. Be back. Well, he should be back yeah. by then. So he... He locks in on Bryce Cotton instantly. Exactly right. You, you throw him in there. So I think it's going to be a close game, a fierce battle. Mm. Uh, tempers may boil over, so expect some push and shove. Uh, but I'm going to tip the Wildcats because of who I am. <laughs> 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 it's going to be hard for me to tip ever against them. But this is going to be a one of their first tests on the road mm. and one they'll want to notch up because Adelaide are obviously coming off the back of a few losses and you've got to win on the road if you want to get a minor premiership and that's obviously the goal. Now, before we wrap it up, how do the Wildcats handle this two months on the road based out of Tasmania and how would have you handled it? leaving your wife and kids at home like someone like Jesse Wagstaff has to, has yeah, to do. You address it uh, with all the players saying it's not going to be easy, but I do not want any negativity creeping mm-hmm. into the group because it's easy to feed off that and yeah. that becomes contagious and that can affect your approach to training, can affect your coach, you know, approach to the games. So boom, guys, can't control it. This is what's happening. Don't want to hear any whinging. Mm-hmm. Let's enjoy it because there is a lot of fun to be had on the road. Mm-hmm. And so teammates you're living with mates and teammates for a couple of months you get good food you're staying in a high quality and they'll hotel. have freedom in tasmania won't they they it's can it's way different to what they experienced last year where you could only go to training yeah. and back to the hotel they can go and do sightseeing embrace tassie as your home for the next you know six weeks whatever it may be on and off for the next six weeks so yeah you address that early but then you do want to take care of the home front so whether it's working with the wildcats to have some meals provided for someone like a jesse his mm. wife steph has three kids mm. you know five and under so can some meals get to delivered or can the girls and wives and partners all get together and watch some of those games in a fun setting so you just want to make sure that everything's taken care of at home because a lot of it will now be too hard to do from Tasmania mm-hmm. so you approach it early you speak about it and just make the most of it because when else in your life will you get to have six weeks paid mm-hmm. for four and five star hotels yeah. quality food good mateship uh, and your wives and partners being taken care of at home yeah, that's a good point. I got to do something not very similar, but the, the closest I've had to a holiday in the last 15 years is when I went to Cairns for a couple of weeks a few years back with the help of the Taipans, and and it was a, a great experience. It's, mm. You're still working, but it's still a holiday at the same time, so they can look at it that way, and I think get the most of it. And the fact is that if you're playing good basketball at the same time, it makes it a lot easier. But that's been a big show, Damo. Thanks very much to Alex Loughton, and I'm going to keep those comments he made at the end for the rest of my life. He actually paid my work a compliment and said he actually takes notice of my work. Um, you've <laughs> done, and everyone listening, you do. You've got to get on the NBL website. Well, you, you, you've, you've, out, you've, never said, you've, ne- you've never said anything like that, Damo. Oh, agreeing to do this show was my biggest compliment <laughs> to you and saying I respect your opinion. Okay. If I can talk basketball, I wanted to be no, with no, you. That's a, that's a good point. No, have a good read. It's worthwhile. No, thanks, Damo. I'll wrap it up. If you need a last-minute Christmas gift, he- head to Hoop7 in the Perth City right now. But Damien Martin... Why don't you finish off with telling us what a Martin family Christmas looks like? It's contagious. I've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So two girls, every day they wake up, they're looking where Elf on the Shelf is. They mm-hmm. call it Ho-Ho, very <laughs> uh, original, but they've named him Ho-Ho. It's so it's contagious already. The countdown is on. Christmas morning, they'll be up earlier than they've ever been. They'll be waking us up, getting down to the tree. I dare say my father-in-law would dress up as Santa, <laughs> hand out the, the presents. Yeah, it's just what Christmas is meant to be. Family, fun, a lot of love, a big day, and uh, lots of laughs. Hmm. <laughs> 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 <laughs>